Welcome back to the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we choose to cultivate deep relationships with our event attendees, clients, community, and yes, even ourselves. Because we know that truly impacting the world starts with relationships, not the balance of our bank accounts. I'm your host, Jen Murray, retreat planner and owner of Relate Escape. And I believe that events, like our lives and businesses, should be successful, fun, creative, and full of chocolate. Let's dig into today's episode. Welcome back, lady friend. I'm excited that you're here. Hope that you are doing well. This is episode 25, and this is a second episode of a three-part series where we're looking ahead to 2021 with purpose and hope. So if you have a listen to the previous episode, I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen because in that episode, I talked about what the post-COVID event space is going to look like, right? Because again, we're at the end of December, we're looking ahead to 2021, just dying for some semblance of normal to come back. And I I know that it sounds crazy talking about in-person events when we don't know when that normal is going to come. But that's why we need to plan with purpose and hope, right? Because as I explained in the previous episode, people are going to be yearning for all of the things that I mentioned, such as in-person interaction and deep relationship time and fun experiences. And so I talked about why retreats are going to be your go-to model of choice when that time happens. And then this episode, I'm going to show you how you can actually create a high-level retreat plan Again, even though we're not sure when exactly we can start putting events on the calendar. Um, I I know this sounds a little nutty, (laughs) bear with me, Um, because this is where my very strategic and creative brain just plays in these kinds of seemingly impossible scenarios. Because what we're gonna focus on today is creating a formula or blueprint for your retreat and Notice that I said formula or blueprint. We're not doing a full-fledged plan. One, because that's impossible right now, right? Because we can't look into logistics. We don't know when we can book a venue. We don't know, you know, when we can look at doing a menu. That Those things are secondary. And actually, when it comes to event planning, one of the biggest uh, common mistakes just as a side note that most people make is they dump in, go straight into those logistics and they don't formulate a plan first. So what we're going to do today is actually really great event planning knowledge and know-how in any scenario, but it's going to really serve us in this time. It's gonna give us a solid foundation, but also some flexibility. And you'll see how that plays out as we go through this episode. And I lay out this very simple formula. It's not complicated, it's not hard, but it's gonna be very powerful for you. And we're gonna go over some key elements. I'm gonna give you some good knowledge. And when you're done doing this formula, whenever go time is, which is kind of what I use to refer to post COVID, whenever that happens to be, if it's mid, Uh, next year if it's later we don't know but whenever that window starts to open and we see that people are able to move around again they're able to safely travel they are aching to get out of the house and do something 
Then instead of you starting from square one, you can just take out this formula, this blueprint that you've made, and you can start putting in those logistics and making it happen. And again, I think a lot, and I went into this in the last episode, I think when this finally ends, people, there's you're going to see kind of, I mean, because events have been a no-go, right? And so when that window opens again, I anticipate a flood of options. And you want to be able to be one of the first options out the gate so that you don't have such a hard time bringing people into your events. So we are going to make a plan. We're going to make a blueprint, a formula that means that you are going to be ahead of the game. And I just want to point out too, as we go through this formula and as you you know work on it yourself, just keep in mind that you can revisit it uh, as time goes on, right? Because again, we don't know how long it's going to take to get back to normal. It could be months. It could be six months, nine months. Like We just don't know. And so if you find that you know, your business is pivoting or your client's needs are changing, feel free to take this out and just revisit it and tweak it so that again, when that time comes, you are super, super ready. Again, this is meant to be a very foundational formula that's going to serve you so well, but it's also meant to be something that's flexible, right? Because we need to be able to tweak it, pivot, and uh, you'll see when we get to the part where we get close to planning for logistics, when we set that foundation for those choices we're going to have to make, that it's in a way that's going to be flexible, right? So I'm really excited to dive into this because I love crazy things that seem (laughs) impossible, but coming up with strategic, creative ways to get ahead of the game. And that's what we're going to do. And I'm also going to, um, as I go through this, I'll give you examples because I'm actually going through this process myself. So you'll have my example to kind of inspire you and guide you. And I'll give you more information on that as we proceed. So there's three things, three parts to this formula that we're going to go through. And the first one I'm calling the who. So the who is basically who is going to be coming to this retreat? Who are your attendees going to be? So I want you to open up Google Docs, open up a spreadsheet, take out pen and paper, whatever your document uh, of choice is. Take it out because we're going to we're going to make this formula. So you want to start with the who. So make that your first heading, your first tab. And I will say that you can actually we're going to do the who and then we're going to talk. The second one is the what. So what exactly is this retreat going to be offering? You can actually, uh, you know, you could actually start with the what because sometimes that's glaringly obvious. So, for example, if you say you've been doing a mastermind during this time and you've just brought in a bunch of really incredible new clients and they're all gelling really well with you and what you're offering and with each other. And so maybe they're just naturally clamoring for some sort of in-person experience so they can connect with you and each other, but also just take whatever you've been giving them to the next level. So it might be glaringly obvious what the what is, and then that helps you kind of differ, you know, figure out like who the who's going to be, right? It's going to be these ladies in the mastermind and maybe anybody else that you can think of on your client list that would also fit that bill. Sometimes though, it's not obvious what you want to do. And so it can help to start with the who. So that's why I'm putting that as the first step, because if you kind of are on, you know, you, you know, you want to do a retreat, you really like the idea, but you're not sure what the concept should be or who you should invite exactly, then it can help to start with the who. And you'll see why here in a second. So what I want you to do 
is to make a list of at least 24 people that are the most likely to attend a re- your retreat when you open it up. Now, I say tw- at least 24 people because my stance is that a retreat should be no more than 12. It depends on how intensive you're getting. If you're offering a lot of one-on-one time, then that probably should be like half that because it's a more premium experience and you're only one person. So you kind of have to you know, take into account you only have so much time and energy, right? And you want to give them the best value possible. But I say no more than 12 simply because once you go beyond that, it gets harder to have that intimate experience where you have the really deep connection and people can really connect with one another. And also if you're splitting people up into groups, 12 is a nice number because you can do four groups of three or three groups of four. And I think if you go beyond four people in a group, again, you lose that intimate connection. The dynamics just change. So again, this is why I say at least 24 because if you do, let's say 12 people, then you already have yourself as like a 50-50 shot of filling those seats. But naturally you wanna do as many as possible. You could have 30, maybe you have 50, maybe you're unsure because you have a really big email list and what you decide to offer could apply to a lot of your clients. But I want you to start with a a concrete list of people who are the most likely off the top of your head. Because when we come out of COVID, it's going to be a slightly different situation than when we were pre-COVID, right? So when we when we come out of COVID, again, I have a feeling that the event space is just kind of going to get filled really quickly. People are going to have a lot of options. And so you're going to have a better time filling your retreat if you focus in on people that you know are the most likely to say yes. And that could be several categories of people, right? So that could be Again, I mentioned in a previous example, let's say you have a mastermind and you know that those ladies are just (laughs) raring to go for some in-person connection and to like get away from the kids, God bless them, you know, after distance learning for so long, like you know that they would probably say yes. So maybe that's your group. Maybe it's uh, your clients who are the most loyal and they're your raving fans and you guys are used to seeing each other at different events throughout the year but that hasn't been happening and so you know that if you put together a retreat where they can come in and you can spend time together and reconnect and you know obviously still do something business worthy of of value that they would be all over that right it could also be fellow entrepreneurs that you know could utilize your services especially in a more intimate one-on-one setting Think about the ladies that you, um, ladies and gents, that you work with the most or are close to or follow on social media. You know, ones that maybe their business has pivoted and either they're gonna need to continue that pivot after COVID and can use some help, or maybe when COVID ends, that means their business is gonna have to pivot again and they're gonna need your help with that. So you, those are just three main category examples of people that you can think of to add to that list. And again, this doesn't mean you can't advertise your retreat to your email list, but because we have a different set of circumstances, I just want you to have a list of people that are your best options to say yes, to get them all over that fence and attend your retreat. You can also make a note in this list too, next to their names, exactly why they want to attend. 
this is what actually helps you with the what. So like I said a couple minutes ago, let's say that you just aren't sure what kind of a concept you want to do for your retreat. You're not sure what you want to offer exactly. If you make this list of the people that are most likely to attend and you kind of note next to their name why that is, then that can help you come up with what your retreat should be. Because it might be glaringly obvious, or at least there might be a majority when you look at this list and say, oh, like 60% of this list, they really need this service that I provide. Or this seems to be mostly people from my mastermind or some other entrepreneurs that I know that really need to up-level in this area and I can do a retreat on that. So that's why sometimes it helps to help with the who. It helps to figure out, once you see the, you know, the people that would be raring to go for your retreat, you can kind of figure out what to also offer them. So in my, in my case, um, and again, I'm actually doing this, so this isn't just an example for the sake of an example. So my retreat would actually be one for entrepreneurs who want to plan their first retreat. So this is new territory for them and ones who don't want a long drawn out process. They just want to come to a fun retreat and work with me and support each other and just get it done in say three days. But that's, that's who I would be targeting is fellow entrepreneurs. Um, people have been, you know, kind of in the funnel, but haven't become clients. Ones who want to do that first retreat and after COVID are going to need to plan it rather quickly, right? So they really don't want a long drawn out process. All right. So that's the who. So just do that brain dump. You can, you, you can come back to it let it percolate. I'm somebody when I walk around and do things, that's when my brain really starts to <laughs> crunch on things. So take some time. Again, we don't have to do this ASAP um, all in one day, but do your who and then move into the what. So now that you have an idea of who to invite, we can zero in on what you're going to be offering. So what what is the business aspect of this retreat? And again, this this could be glaringly clear from the list of your who's, your list of potential attendees. But what what do you do if it's not clear? What if you're looking at your list of who's and there's either just, there's just a, a bunch of different reasons why you think they would come or you're not finding something that could really work for the whole, for a whole group, right? So in that case, what you wanna do is just do a little more digging and research. So this could be hopping on some quick calls to touch base with some people on that list or people off that list. Actually, you could widen this if you really, really need to. Just consider this some, some light market research. So to get on some calls with people, um, take a closer look at what those people are doing in their business. I'm not saying you have to like start stalking them or, <laughs> or anything, but you know, go to their website, go to their Facebook page. Like if you're on there, happen to be on their email list, go back and read the last several emails and just kind of get a sense of what they're doing. Cause sometimes even though we're friends with people or we're close with clients, like we have a lot going on. So we, we don't take in everything in a full perspective. So going back and kind of taking a look can be helpful. Um, you can also just widen your perspective and ask yourself what the landscape is going to look like for your clients in your particular niche once COVID ends, right? Because a lot of people have had to pivot because of COVID the panda and the pandemic. And so when that ends, they might either, they could choose to stay with what they're doing if that still works, but they could also pivot 
So just consider like just widen your perspective and consider the needs of your clients or the people on that list of who that we just made to see what they're going to need. Because again, you are the expert, right? So you might see a need that they maybe haven't seen yet and you can get ahead of the game and help them while you're also doing a retreat at the same time, right? So you can be the one that swoops in and says, hey, the pandemic's over. I know that you're gonna need this. I have an intimate retreat set up to do that. Let's just come together and knock it out. And then they get all the extra things like the connecting and going somewhere and having fun and all that great stuff that we talked about in the last episode. Um, You can also ask people on like your email list or your Facebook group. The one thing I will highly, highly stress if you do that um, excuse me, is you need to keep it high level. Um, and you don't even need to mention that you're thinking of doing a retreat. Just keep it, you could keep it so high level that you're just seeing what their current needs and challenges are or what they think their needs or challenges are gonna be once the pandemic ends. So just doing some high level market research. Uh, the, the dangers of starting to get nitty gritty, you don't wanna dive into, even if you say that you're thinking of doing a retreat, don't dive into specifics. So for example, don't, um, don't mention, you know, like I've seen, I've seen people on Facebook groups say, I'm thinking of doing a retreat and here's three possible specific venues that can seem helpful from a planning perspective. But what happens is, is because when you get into specifics, people start latching onto the specifics and then everybody's voting and they're kind of putting themselves into different groups based on where they want to, like which Airbnb they want, right? So the focus of the retreat doesn't stay on the high level purposes, which is like, we're gonna do this for your business. It becomes like, oh, she's gonna have it at this Airbnb and this location, I just don't wanna go. So be very, very careful if you're doing research in your Facebook group, if you send something out to your email list, keep it to high level market research to get a sense of what their needs are, but don't start asking them like where they would want to go or what kind of venue they want because that takes the focus off the things that you really need to know and then I think it makes it actually harder to get people to attend because it takes the focus from what you know like what's the important things and puts it on subjective stuff so just be careful um and then yeah once you do that you can hopefully glean uh, a good sense of what you can offer at that event. Remember, you are the expert. So even if there's not a glaring need that people are telling you about, if you just apply yourself a little bit and do the research, I'm sure that you can uncover what that need's going to be and then create an experience around that that's gonna meet that need. So um, for me, so for, for again, this example is actually something that I'm most likely putting together. I feel really excited about doing retreats to help people plan retreats. That makes sense, right? So in my case, what I am going to do is take the process that is normally online and make it into something that's in person. So the first step in working with me, just to explain and give you some inspiration and ideas, the first step in working with me is always my neat retreat, which is basically what we're doing now just slightly attuned to the situation. And it's coming up with the retreat formula or blueprint because everybody's businesses isn't the same, is different. Their challenges are different. Their goals are different. Um, You know, what they're trying to accomplish in their business is different. 
and everybody has different worries or stresses or hangups that they think will keep them from doing a retreat. So again, like I mentioned before, instead of jumping into logistics, which is usually a big mistake, that's that's what people tend to do. <laughs> that's like the fun part, right? It's like picking the venue and they skip over planning and making sure that they're coming up with formula that works well with how they're wired and you know what they want to offer. So that's what the, the neat retreat is. It's an interview that I do with, with clients and then I take that research that I information that I've gleaned and I apply my expertise and creativity and I give them a brief the neat retreat brief which says this is your this is your formula and this is your blueprint and so the client can either take that and just go decide to you know find the venue and do all of the the minute stuff on their own like all of the finding the making the schedule and doing you know all that other work that needs to be done or they can hire me for one of my retreat peep packages, which there's three levels based on their needs and event size. And that's a combination of, I give them this really robust toolkit for the things that they need to do on their own. So uh, things like there's a, a budget and profitability spreadsheet so they can easily make sure they're staying on budget. There's templates for you know inviting potential attendees. There's templates for things like okay, what information, here's the information you need to make sure you provide, like travel and the nearest airport and a tire, like all those kinds of logistical questions. Just things that the client has to do on their end instead of them starting from scratch, I just give them this robust toolkit. And the other part of the retreat peep packages is me actually doing the research. So then we get into logistics, like I find the venue, I do the schedule. Um, if I come up with the creative activities, I find, you know, the food and how that's going to go, like all of that stuff I take care of. So when it comes to transferring that to a retreat, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, let's have a retreat where they actually were, were uh, I would say about probably four to six women, no more than six, because I want to keep this one on one. Like, let's take that process and let's just bang it out in a really fun three-day retreat so not only do they get to plan their retreat with me there personally to provide expertise and a group where they can help each other and then have a support group when they leave of other women they know who are also doing retreats and they get the, the you know to, to, to have fun and travel somewhere and have connection and all that great stuff but they'll actually get to experience a retreat while they're learning how to plan a retreat <laughs> right? My thing just happens to be something where I can show, literally show them while I'm helping them put together their own retreat. So they, they come and they see what I've done with the, with the gift bags. They've seen how I've done the schedule. They've seen how, you know, how creative the activities are. So they're getting to live in a real life example while they're planning their own retreat in probably I'd say like three days, right? pretty crazy it's awesome and that's really super fun um and i'm actually going to do this as a side note i i think i've been uh playing with names and i think i'm going to call it the retreat feat as an f-e-a-t something that's kind of brilliant and has ingenuity um 
And so if that's, you know, something that you think you'd be interested in, actually, I don't have any details <laughs> other than I'm still putting together my formula, but there is a link in the show notes if you want to go to uh, that page and just give me your name and email address. When I start sending out details for that, uh, I'll be sure to have you on the list so that you can be in the know when that happens. But that's an example of what I'm what I'm doing. So I I'm not even researching for me. I don't even have to research something like to figure out what I can do. I just think it just makes so much sense because I'm a retreat planner helping people plan retreats that I just make that a really fun immersive in-person experience and it's something that once again once COVID is over I could do one of those like once a quarter and again keep it to four to six women because I don't want to overextend um, my time and energy and not be able to serve them and get really in depth with them but that's a pretty awesome experience to have every quarter so think think hopefully that provides some inspiration um, again, you can, whatever is best for your niche, like, you know, your clients, you know, your niche, think about what would work best for you and look back at that who list to, to see what is going to really be your zone of genius for a retreat. All right. So we've done the who <laughs> we've done the what now we're going to talk about the how. Okay. So you'll notice that we're obviously not talking the when and where, because we can't do that yet. Right. We're still in the pandemic. We can't we can't get gritty with logistics, but that's okay because with the how, we're actually going to get as close to that as possible, but in a way that it's still super flexible when the time comes where we can actually make this retreat happen. So here is what we're going to do. We're going to go through several uh, several different kind of mini uh, points or sections. I'm not sure what the right word is for this. There's, you know, there's several questions that you want to answer in this how section to flush this out, right? So here are some things that we need to take into consideration for this formula so that we can be prepared as much as we can when it's go time. So the first question is, when this window opens post-pandemic, when it's go time, and you can schedule, you can finally put this retreat on the calendar, how far out do you want to schedule it for? So three months, uh, six months, less if you like have a really hot <laughs> jumping group of ladies who are like, as soon as we can travel, let me know. Cause I, you know, I miss not being able to do that and they're able to do it really quickly. Like, you know, your group, right? So, and you also know your own needs. Like, don't discount your own personal situation. You know, don't feel bad if you need to plan it out longer because you, you know, need to find childcare or, you know, we don't know what the what the world is going to look like then. But you want to have a sense. Just get a sense, a time, a general time frame of how far out you want to schedule that. That's the first question. Second question is, how long should the retreat be? So it's going to be two days, it's going to be three days, is it going to be longer, depending on what you're offering? And that's really where you need to hone in on is think about what you're going to be offering at that event, but also make sure that you're factoring in time for things like the meals, people, so people aren't having rushed meals, right? Because meals is one, or is one of those times where we actually like really connect with people. So I'm not saying you have to schedule like three hour meals, but make sure that you're allowing like more than like a half an hour. So not just eating and they can't 
converse and share and connect. So make sure you're taking account for meals, make sure you're taking an account time for some just fun activities that aren't necessarily related to what you're like doing there business-wise so people can just have fun and build memories, right? So make sure that you're allowing for both. Um, I know as entrepreneurs, we, we like we usually are really, as a whole, like we always do not we we do not plan enough time we think that things are going to take a lot less time than they do so you know even add like when you think about this think okay i need this much time to do my business activities or presentations or what have you then add in an extra you know i need add in this amount of time for the things like the meals and the fun time and then just add like another padding to be sure um because sometimes and sometimes like things take longer sometimes people are having real you know fun and it's harder to draw them back in and you hate to cut that off just give yourself some considerations when you think about how long that retreat would be and again you don't have to put that in concrete right now right we're just coming up with a formula and a blueprint so by the time that this actually rolls around that you can put it on the calendar you might have a better sense but we want to start somewhere right Next question is, where do you want to host this retreat? Okay, so sidebar here, in this situation, this is the perfect excuse post-pandemic to have a retreat near wherever you live. So if you live in Dallas, Texas, have a retreat in Dallas, Texas. If you don't live near or in like a big city, I'm sure you're still close to one somewhere. So if you're not in a town that you feel like is still like a, a town that can offer what what kind of a venue you need or isn't a good place, there's not a lot to do and you feel like that's not going to be a good fit, I'm sure you're still familiar with whatever metropolitan area is closest, right? Because we always have to go to the city for some stuff. So whatever your area, it, the closest area is to you that you're familiar with, just make that where you have your retreat, right? Because here's here's two awesome things about, about doing that. One, it's going to keep things simpler because you're more knowledgeable about your own area. So you know where the good restaurants, restaurants are or you know people like your friends and family that you can ask for recommendations too, right? Uh, you know, you know, the best places in town to stay, you know, of fun things to do, you know, things that may look fun online but you've been there and done that and it's not that great right like so and that leads to the second great thing about this is it's going to help you plan more quickly that way right so consider we come out of the pandemic you're putting this retreat on the calendar say three to four months from now you don't want to spend a whole lot of time in nitty-gritty planning but if you're doing it in an area that you know that knowledge is going to help you put this together in such a quicker way and in a more flexible way. Because let's say, you know, you decide you want to stay here and then you can't, well, you know the area, so you already know like three other places on top of your mind that you could stay in. So it, it's, post-pandemic is the perfect, when, when everybody is just dying to go somewhere, <laughs> it's like the perfect excuse to make them come to you because, Everybody just wants to go. We we just want to go somewhere, right? Like it's not like we've been traveling the last year and we're going to be super selective about where we want to go. If you're offering a really awesome retreat experience that's intimate and fun, it is going to offer connection and all the things that people are yearning for. 
I don't think they're really going to kick up a fuss if you're having it in Dallas, Texas versus like California, right? So, but where do you want to host this, okay? You don't have to host it near you. I mean, if you're very familiar with another city and you really want to do it there, awesome. But I'm just saying that this time is the perfect time. <laughs> it's the perfect excuse for you to have people come to you. It'll make the planning simpler. It'll allow you to get on the books quicker. And you'll just be that much more prepared and be able to be that much more flexible. All right. Next, what kind of venue will you need? Now, obviously, again, we can't book a specific venue right now, but that doesn't mean you can't think of the type. So if you're thinking about, you know, at this point, if you've made your list of who and you've decided what you're going to be sharing, that's probably giving you a good idea how many people that you want to have attend. So that's going to give you an idea of how much space you need. So do you want to do an Airbnb? Do you need something that's going to give um, a little more space than that? Do you need an area where everybody can come together and have sessions together, but then kind of have like breakout sessions? Like you're going to have a general idea of what you want. And you also want something that's going to make sense with your brand, right? Like you don't want to have a very retro feel to your brand and then book something that's like country restaurant, right? Because this is events are when your brand is coming to live in 3D, so it should be in some way feeling and looking like your brand. So, you know, you can pick an Airbnb. That's kind of why I like I like Airbnbs for that reason, because they, they have different feels to them. So either you can find one that just happens to have a retro feel, which I've seen, or if you can't find one that's like exactly on point with your brand in the area you've decided to have, have it, pick an Airbnb that kind of has like a, kind of like a blank blank canvas kind of feel and then just add some touches in it and then just get really creative with what kind of like meals you do or activities you do and what you put in the gifts and that'll bring your brand to life even if the exact location doesn't like scream whatever your brand is but you want to have an idea ahead of time of where you want to host where you want to host this so Think about the type. Um, you could do some preliminary research, you know, get online, see what kind of places are out there and just have a list ready to go. But don't make sure you don't, you know, try not to let your heart get settled on one venue because again, we don't know what this is going to look like post pandemic. It might get booked up quickly. It, you know, just might not be available for some reason, but just have a general idea of where this needs to be. So when go to time comes, you're not starting from scratch and trying to figure out like, what venue is going to work best for whatever it is that you're doing. All right, lastly, and most importantly, how much are you going to charge? Now, again, this might not be something that you get a firm number on right now, but obviously you want a profitable event. And I am, one of my stances is that this there's this belief out there that doing events, it's, it's, you're just going to lose money or if you're lucky you're going to break even and that is total bs um, in fact if you go to my website um, and click on freebie my freebie is uh, 10 ways to make sure that your event is your treat is profitable and so it might be very helpful for you to go and download that because it gives you ideas on things that you can do to and shows you that yes you can there's things that you can do to have a profitable event so just think about how much you want to charge. Um, you can do some basic calculations. You can, you know, if you're looking up venue types, you can kind of just get out a simple spreadsheet and start looking at that. 
um, what food would cost. However, there's also, here's a, here's an extra tip for you. So in the last episode, I was talking about how retreats are great because they have a relaxed atmosphere. And so if you're, especially when we're planning our first retreat out of the pandemic and we're trying to be quick and flexible, but also have good standards. I'm all about good standards. I'm not saying we should like get cheap on any, <laughs> like, like cheap as in like not offering any sort of quality, right? Um, so you could do something such as provide breakfast and snacks, uh, but then let the attendees go do their own lunch and dinner. And you can provide a list of recommended restaurants so they're not stuck like spending an hour on Yelp trying to find something. You can say these are places that I know are really great and recommend. And then you're not having to carry that part of the budget and, and they also get to have that, it's a great way for them to have that organic slash fun time and connection time because they get to decide what they want to go experience to have fun. They get to share a meal with whoever they've been connecting with at the retreat and it sort of fills that need but also saves your budget. So you can do things like that to help, to help your budget for your retreat. Um... And like I said, you can download my freebie, 10 Secrets to a Profitable Retreat from my website. Just go to relatedescape.com, click on freebie, and that's right there, easy, simple. You can uh, use that to help you brainstorm for what you want to charge. But you, you want a general idea uh, based on what you've been thinking, who and the what, so that when go-to time comes, you're not, again, starting from scratch. You can, you can kind of just go, all right, I know that I need to charge, charge this. So that is, that's a lot, <laughs> but it's actually not that hard. Uh, it's, I know I've given you, I've given you a formula, but I also wanted to add in some really good tips as well to help you with this. And if you just go through this process that I've outlined, you're going to have a really good foundation for doing a retreat again, whenever we're able to do that. I don't want you starting from scratch. Because again, my, my thinking is, is once events, in-person events can be again, there's going to be a lot of choices and your it's, you know, your clients are going to have a choice of, I can go here, I can go there because events aren't necessarily cheap, right? Because they're paying to go to the retreat, but they're also paying, they could be paying for childcare or in my care, uh, my case, doggy care. They're having to, you know, pay for the, the flight pay for the Uber ride, there's other expenses. And, you know, COVID has changed a lot of financial situations. So I want you to be able to help your clients with whatever they need to the best of your ability. But I want you to be prepared because if you wait too long and you, you know, want to do this retreat, you might find it really hard to get people to say yes. And that's, again, partly why I want you to, you to make a list of who's that are going to be the most excited and raring to go to say yes, so you can zero in on those. Um, so uh, the last thing I want to add are two things. So again, I am actually going to move ahead. I'm calling it the retreat feat. <laughs> I like my alliteration, and I think it makes it easy for easier for people to remember. Um and I've outlined that in, you know, earlier in this episode, it's going to be a retreat that's, I'm thinking for three days, uh, and I, it'll be near Columbus, Ohio, um, where I live, because I'm totally taking advantage of that, and there's a lot of fun things to do here, and um, 
is going to help uh, entrepreneurs once the pandemic ends to help them plan their retreat. So if that is something that you would be interested in, go to the show notes, click on the link, and I'm just going to have a brief, at this point, I'm just going to have a brief form set up so that you can just give me your name and email. And then when that starts to roll out, I will send you all of the details and you won't be left um, out of that. Also, I want to put out there, if you start going through this uh, formula process and you are just really struggling with it, you find yourself just really stuck, um, you find a roadblock, or you just need, you know, sometimes we just really need some expert outside help and perspective to get things uh, going, then I'm going to uh, just recommend to you to get my... Uh, retreat uh, service. <laughs> Sorry, my dog started moving around and he's like, he's like uh, taking my attention um, as I'm getting to the end and the end and important part of the show. God love him. Um, but if you find yourself needing help with my, with going through this process, sign up for my neat retreat, which again is, it always is. It's not something that I've rolled out just for COVID. Uh, it's how I always start a planning process with my clients and that is doing a formula and helping them get through those roadblocks or things that they think are roadblocks but really once we apply some creativity and my expertise we can easily overcome those so if that is interested uh, something you're interested in again uh, there's a link in the show notes you can just click on that link to go to my website. You can schedule it straight from there. It's a very simple process, but I highly encourage you to do that so that if, you know, I just, again, I don't want, all of you have so much to offer people and I think that it's been somewhat hindered during the pandemic and people are going to have specific needs after the pandemic and we are all going to want some in-person <laughs> connection and fun. And I don't want you to be behind the game. I want you to be ahead of the game so that when this window opens and people can start making choices about where they want to want where they want to spend their money, excuse me, and where they want to go and what is going to best serve them, that you are just on point and ready to go. It's it's a good investment and Again, we don't know exactly when that will, window will open, but I'd rather us all be prepared to get back in the world and start making that positive impact that we all are dying to make and get back into the in-person world to make that impact. So again, neat retreat, go to the show notes, just follow the link. All the information is on my website and you can schedule that easily. Um, it is not a super high cost thing. Just Just go check it out. You'll see what I mean. And if you are interested in the retreat feat when that becomes available, again, link in the show notes and sign up to get that information when it's available. And also, even if you're just curious to see how I start advertising, <laughs> advertising that, because that is our next episode, is I'm going to talk about how in the heck do you build buzz for a retreat when, again, you don't even know where you're gonna put it on the calendar. There are ways you can do that. There are ways you can do that. And I'm gonna tell you all about that in the next episode. So thank you, lady, for just being somebody willing to live in hope and to look forward to the future. And wherever you are, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. Bye. 
Hey lady, very briefly before we go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you gleaned a ton of wisdom and comfort, maybe even some confirmation from it. And I want to ask your help in getting this podcast into the hands or phones of more women just like you. So if you could, please just hop over on iTunes and leave a short review and let other women know what you have enjoyed or gotten out of this podcast. I might even read it on the air, you never know, but it's my goal to help as many entrepreneurs as possible and your words, as always, could be powerful in achieving that. Thanks and look forward to seeing you next time.